welcome to the fourth episode of Sunday Picnic Podcast. My name is Christine. And my name is Dolly. And this is actually our first remote episode. So we were able to record all of our episodes previously together on a better mic, but unfortunately we are transitioning to a remote method. Yeah, and because of that, we had to try testing out our microphones a bunch of times, especially on Christine's side, because my microphone's pretty good. Christine had to either try using her laptop to her phone to her iPad, and so it was a little bit of testing. Yeah, we apologize for the slight lower quality, but this was the best we could manage. This is our most optimal audio quality we could scavenge. But yeah, so jumping into today's topic, we wanted to discuss the value of expensive things. So I guess we will title this episode, Are Expensive Things Worth It? Yeah, to be honest, I don't remember what sparked this idea. I think I was talking about something along the lines of there's a trend of buying thrift clothes or going to thrift shops, like whether it's better to buy you know, used clothes or clothes that are like super new. And I think that kind of sparked, at least for me on my side. I don't remember about you, Christine, <laughs> if that is even the right story. Yeah, honestly, I don't really remember. It doesn't mm-hmm. really ring a bell, but then it, it sounds like something you would say. So, <laughs> so, but I don't remember either. Like we've already prefaced in a lot of the previous episodes, we like to talk about things that involve like psychology and business and I guess intersectionality, if you know that fancy term where like just a bunch of different industries or different types of, you know, thinking intersect. I think this is a topic that really has a lot of that because there's like the human psychology behind purchasing things. There's also just like the inherent value of things uh, like capitalism. So Mm -hmm. I think this topic kind of intersects like economics and business and psychology, etc. Trends. From a personal point of view or perspective, we're kind of in a phase in our lives where we're not making money and we're students still. So we kind of have to, uh, when we are thinking about purchasing things, also has like a practical side to like, okay, should I invest more money in in spending this or um, should I buy something cheaper knowing that I actually have like a tight budget and I'm not making any um, income. So I think from that side, it's also kind of helpful to know like, oh, is this really worth it? Yeah, definitely. I think, of course, as Dolly and I were sort of um, outlining this episode slightly, we kind of saw that there are obviously different logics behind different items, right? But I think I felt like Dolly's initial opinion that she shared with me was a little bit, a little bit more critical than I thought. I feel like we go back and forth on topics. Like sometimes Dolly's more critical than I am or vice versa. <laughs> um, I would say like listening back on the tech episode, I was extremely critical of tech more than Dolly. And then on this topic, it seems initially that Dolly is a little bit more on the critical side, but maybe you want to share what you think and then I can go on. Mm-hmm. Like to put preface to it, 
I think in general, I'm more frugal than Christine. I think over time, through our adventures and traveling, I've become a little bit more relaxed in terms of my spending habits. But I think that's a lot of that has to do with Christine's influence on me. So I think that's sort of putting a caveat to everything that I'm saying. Oh, but... well, this is news to me. I never knew that influenced <laughs> you in that way. Yeah, I mean, for example, if we were like splurging on a trip, then I would be really hesitant about buying oysters. And you would be like, oh, this is like something that we don't do regularly. So I think it's worth it kind of conversation. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that when we were like in Maine and we went to this nice seafood area and it was $80. And I was like, oh, I really don't think we should have that. And you're like, no, I think it's an adventure. I think that's a good example. Well, okay, I did not think the conversation was going to go this way. I didn't know it was going to yeah. be so personal, but you know, that's fine because mm. also personal stuff we're sharing. This just wasn't in the outline. <laughs> but going back to that story, that's funny because I do remember that place. It was really cute. It was like by the seashore and it was mm -hmm. a very aesthetic restaurant, had great vibes, good servers. Like it was just, a, it was definitely like a dining experience that I'm sure many of us miss from the pre COVID times. But I think it's interesting because Dolly is saying how uh, she, she's been influenced by me and spending more, especially like on trips and stuff, because when Dolly comes and sees me or when we go on trips together, I actually feel I've also been influenced by Dolly to be more frugal because I know she's more frugal. So I've noticed like, especially in the most recent trip when Dolly and I were together, it was interesting because in the back of my mind, I was sort of thinking, oh, okay, we can't really spend money on this and this because I don't think Dolly would really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see how Dolly actually has also been influenced to be like, oh, well on trips since they're special occasions and Christine and I don't get to see each other often in person, let's just splurge. So I think that's funny how we both have adapted in that sense to kind of try to accommodate the other person's spending habits without mm -hmm. even, we never like discuss this. It was just like over time, you know, over many trips that Dolly and I have just sort of, I feel like slowly accommodated without even mm -hmm. explicitly telling the other person. So that's interesting. It's news to me. I'm sure it's news to Dolly too. <laughs> yeah, but I think that does kind of segue well into just like the general thought that I had when it comes to things that are kind of less practical and more for enjoyment or it's a luxury. When it comes to food, I was looking into this wine tasting. When people are blind to what kind of wine they're actually tasting, then they really can't tell the difference between cheap wine and expensive wine. And that really kind of sparked this idea that when we are blind to the price of something, then we actually don't enjoy something more just because it's more expensive. So it's like, why do we go for the more expensive stuff sometimes i do think like christine said in the very beginning there are cases when like expensive things are worth it if it's something like a car and you're buying a new car versus an old car you're gonna have less problems with it and it's gonna last longer for you but for something like food where you're really like trying it for the taste sometimes it can be negligible in terms of how the relationship between how expensive it is and how tasty it is i'm sure like in the middle it becomes like that but i think the extremes can get a little fuzzy and blurry if you know what I mean yeah that is an interesting point because of course like what we say we're trying to generalize 
a bunch of categories into this statement of, oh, like in certain scenarios, maybe expensive things aren't worth it. So I think obviously it's case by case, depends on the experience, depends on the food, depends on mm -hmm. et cetera. But with wine, I, you know, don't have a ton of experience. I am not a wine connoisseur, nor is Dolly. So <laughs> neither of us really know, like, what we're supposed to look for in wine, to be honest. Mm. But it's interesting because um, the study that Dolly is referencing is, like, a psychology study where basically people would be lying, lied to. So they'd be like, this is a $15 bottle of wine and this is a $20 bottle of wine, except they're actually the same price. And then mm -hmm. the people taste it and they're like, oh my gosh, it's like $20 wine. I can really taste the notes or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but they were actually secretly the same price. So they, you know, people just kind of gravitate towards the more expensive wine, apparently, according to this study. And that's very interesting because if you think about it, there is like that value of like, oh, when something is more expensive, you know, you're having a better experience, like you're able to, I don't know, just kind of have that elevated time with the wine, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so I think in those scenarios, like maybe it's not the most worth it, you know, obviously, because like Dolly said, the middle part might not be so important because or the middle part might be fuzzy and it's not super distinguishable than maybe some of the extremes like when it gets like two thousand dollars like is that really necessary like how good can grapes really get yeah exactly <laughs> and like you were saying if someone was truly a wine connoisseur and like they were trained in it and they do that for a living or they do that so often they could actually tell that's great but for the average person like for instance christine you really like coffee and i drink coffee but i don't enjoy coffee as much as you do so you could probably tell the difference between a blue bottle and say Starbucks but if I was blind to which coffee this was from then I would probably think that Starbucks and Blue Bottle were interchangeable so I guess it depends on how much you enjoyed that particular thing. Oh for sure yeah I think that's a great point because the psychology test probably didn't factor in like oh are these people wine connoisseurs of course I think a wine connoisseur could tell you know maybe these grapes are from Spain or something mm. um, which the average person probably could not so I think yeah of course this is on average we're trying to talk about because there's always those experts there's always connoisseurs in every department so this is just sort of I guess a general generalization for general people <laughs> um, but like exactly. sort of moving things along I would say like beyond wine things like food you know I think well I guess it's a kind of this is kind of under the category of wine I do feel like with ingredients when they are of higher quality things just taste better in general and that higher quality doesn't necessarily have to mean more expensive right like you could grow fresh uh, cherry tomatoes in your backyard or in your garden and that mm -hmm. maybe not didn't really cost much right it's just you know getting seeds at the store and I guess it costs time because you have to like grow it but that would be super fresh it would be very delicious you know you probably gave it the right kind of water that's not like super chemically or something you know it's it's getting fresh sunlight whatever it's not grown like in a lab or anything like that so when you put that in a salad I'm sure that salad would taste fresher maybe again for people who enjoy food like Dolly's saying maybe mm -hmm. for the average person who doesn't really care for what they eat that much they mm -hmm. might not be able to tell the difference or maybe whatever those people wouldn't know but if you know you eat a salad every day with cherry tomatoes and then you taste the one that's like fresh from the garden I'm sure you can 
you know, feel that freshness in your salad. So I don't know. I, I feel like I could, but then, you know, of course it's like bias, like, you know, you don't really know until you like actually test it out, which would be interesting. But yeah, I think it sort of just depends because that's not pricey, like I was saying, right? But it is a fresher thing. And I think at like a restaurant, for example, it could be harder for restaurants to acquire fresher ingredients all the time because, Mm -hmm. you know, food goes bad very quickly uh, or like the freshness doesn't last very long. So Mm. in that scenario, it might actually cost the restaurant a lot more money to maintain that freshness. And so maybe at that upscale restaurant, that is um, a higher price point. And maybe you don't think it's worth it, but I guess it depends what you value. So if you value freshness and organic stuff, then maybe it is worth it, right? So mm-hmm. I guess it kind of just depends like what you're looking for, of course. Yeah, I guess so. I personally have never really bought organic vegetables versus, you know, I would always go for the regular cheaper vegetables. So I can't actually tell the difference between, I don't know, I've never tested out whether it tastes more fresh or not. But I also hear that organic label is not really FDA regulated. Organic label. Organic's the only label that's FDA approved. Oh, oh, that's good to know. Do you buy organic food? Just curious. Oh yeah, but just to like preface, by the way, this was like done, this was like in my nutrition class back in college, I learned Mm -hmm. FDA approves only organic certified things. So anything else that's a label is actually just marketing. So it might be true, but it might also not be true because like no one's really regulating it or there might be a regulating body, but at least it's not government level. So it could just be like a board of national Mm. people that just decide whatever they want. Uh, For example, like hormone trade. Mm. Yeah, hormone-free, fair trade coffee, fair trade chocolate kind Mm. of stuff is all uh, non-government regulated. So it's not saying it's like a fake label. It's just that you have to really do your research. Like you have to look into who's doing that fair trade certification. Is it a reliable, you know, organization? Do they actually do the right, you know, research to make sure things are fair trade, etc. So it gets complicated, but organic's mm. the only one that I guess if you trust the government, they basically saying like there's no preservatives, there's no chemical, like certain chemicals are not allowed. And so if you have that, then it's not allowed to be certified as organic. Mm. And there's like rules too, like for eggs to be organic, you know, the the chicken has to like go outside a certain amount of hours a day. I I don't know all the exact qualifications, but it is very strictly apparently regulated. I mean, it's the only government one. Oh, that's good to know. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was the other way around. No, yeah, it's the only actual label, uh, at least in the US. Um, but I do buy certain organic things. It depends if the item is like porous. So like strawberries, like things that would absorb like preservatives or, you know, like what are those called? Pesticides, like those things Mm -hmm. that can get easily like the skin of the, yeah, if the skin of the fruit is very porous, like a peach Mm -hmm. or lettuce, like stuff like that, that's kind of absorbent. But like Mm -hmm. bananas, they have a pretty hard exterior I think it's kind of hard to get stuff into the actual fruit part. So I don't really buy like organic bananas. But yeah, it also depends because I try, like I know there's a lot of like ethical things behind berries, like like strawberries, like with migrant workers and stuff. So I try not mm-hmm. to like support Driscoll because I know there's mm-hmm. like a lot of 
like scandals behind Driscoll's treatment of workers. So I try to like stick to more local farms for like berries, which by the way are great sources of antioxidants for anyone who <laughs> cares about that, which is just good in general for all things, not just your skin, but life. Yeah. Yeah. So I try like blueberries, of course, too. So yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it just depends. If it's something I kind of, yeah, I would just say it depends on the item. But you just don't buy any organic at all. No, I generally are on the side of buying anything that's like cheaper. Just at the grocery market two hours ago and I was buying ingredients for chili and I would literally look at the canned beans and be like, okay, what's the cheapest one? <laughs> so as you can tell, there's pretty big difference. I don't know if it would change if I like started to earn more disposable income, but I think given my limitations, I do that for practical reasons. Yeah, that is pretty interesting because like even, I guess for me when I go to the grocery store, the thing I look at is definitely ingredients. So if it's like yeah. super long and there's like weird chemicals in it. Mm, that's like, true. For example, I do like that canned, too. And, but for me, which I guess goes into this next point we also sort of outlined is I do find that some of those items that have like longer ingredient lists have cheaper price points. So mm. I do find like a lot of the more pure ingredient stuff, you know, that don't have the, the bad stuff. It's just more expensive. So I, I would say like in that mm. scenario, yeah, mm -hmm. it would be more worth it to just purchase the, the better beans or whatever canned thing or yeah. um, pasta sauce or whatever it might be. We shall see who lives longer if, you know, there's no any like accidents in life, <laughs> just like old age wise, like, you know, if it would be me or you. I mean, there's so many factors. That I know, can, like... I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you're <Okay>. not. <laughs> Half kidding. <laughs> I know you're not kidding, but yeah, I mean, it just depends. There's so many factors that are definitely involved in yeah. someone's longevity of living, right. not just nutrition, which is definitely That's a true. big part. But I would say like exercise is also very important. Yeah. And food is interesting because, you know, there's like health consequences to maybe getting food that has better ingredients and less preservatives, for example. But another thing is like fashion. I recently saw that Kanye had has like a $120 basic, just a white plain t-shirt and it's $120. Why is it priced that way? You know, it could be that they used really great ingredients like 100% pure cotton or whatever. I don't even know, silk or something. But it's just interesting because it looks the same to me like wherever you buy it, maybe the fit is better, but why do consumers choose to like wait and buy this $120 white t-shirt versus like another t-shirt that might be as equally good in terms of the ingredients, but it's just like $30, for example. I don't think it costs that much to make a white t-shirt. It seems a little extra. Yeah, I would say so too. I think that there's definitely more features behind a product than you know, meets the average consumer's eye. And I would say I'm a pretty average consumer. You know, there's definitely like research and marketing and all the like behind the scenes mm -hmm. stuff sure. that definitely go into business that I am super unaware of. <laughs> and one day I hope to know more about. But yeah, I would say like no matter how great the quality of the um, the resources are to create like a white t-shirt, you know, I'm sure it's not $120 worth. Even like silk, I don't think it's like 
actually i would say silk is pretty pretty expensive in germany yeah, but yeah yeah mm -hmm. i mean i don't think this is like a silk shirt so no, it's um it's just not. like a white yeah polyester cotton shirt and yeah it probably costs like ten dollars to like actually make and even probably pay the people but mm -hmm. um because it is like hype it's like you know got that brand name unless like it doesn't even say his name no or on exactly it. so, so why really... is the brand name like yeah just the fact that it's kanye branded it wouldn't I yeah but i'm pretty yeah. sure this item does not do nearly as well as like the same item that has like his logo or brand on it mm. you know which mm -hmm. is definitely that part would be attributable to like psychology but mm. i would be interested to see like statistically which shirt sells better like the white shirt that has no branding that's a $120 or maybe like mm -hmm. a shirt that's $150 with the branding on it you know I'm sh mm. I'm I can maybe say confidently that it's <laughs> likely to be the $150 one because nobody wants to pay for $120 when you can't show off that it's $120 because it's like Kanye brand you know they mm. want to do that subtle flex so <laughs> I would say yeah that's kind of a very interesting anomaly he can probably do that just purely based off consumer demand and his popularity so mm -hmm. which you know kind of also goes into the point of like luxury items because there are those interesting psychology studies done about how people who are like more insecure and of course mm. we're not calling anyone out this is just a general you know disclaimer general psychology study it's not do not be offended and if you are offended you should also reflect why you personally are offended <laughs> but the psychology study was saying basically that those who buy uh, luxury good items tend to not be able to afford them first of all and second mm. of all um, like it's out of their budget you know mm. like they're kind of overspending and then number two they tend to be like more insecure about their status or just like their personality or something about them that they mm. feel compelled to buy these items I did not look really in depth into the validity of this study or anything like that, but I just found that kind of interesting because I can see how it might be true for some people. It may be true for obviously the the pool of people they they surveyed or studied, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's kind of interesting to think because I would say like really rich people, do they always like spend you know on luxury items? I feel like they kind of invest in other things like. A private jet or something or like a house like i don't think they're really like out there trying to buy like deck out in louis vuitton or something and again yeah. we're not saying like every person who buys like a gucci bag is now insecure about their life i do not think that's true i know people who are very confident that have you know like chanel bags and stuff like that but um just like kind of you know when you're kind of obsessed with buying those things mm -hmm. like you're like mm -hmm. gucci everything you're just like Gucci shoe, Gucci belt, Gucci like That's tie, <laughs> Gucci Yeah, shirt. everything is um, Gucci deck. Right. Yeah, I, I could even see even like the examples that we see in billionaires, Jack Dorsey or, you know, all those people, they literally wear the most plain clothes and they're billionaires, you know. I feel like they are, granted, they're also men too, so there's also a difference in kind of how you show off. I think women tend to show off through their brands of purses and, and clothes versus men who are like cars and other things which is definitely a generalization but yeah i would say like on average though even like other than celebrities like just like rich people that are mm -hmm. non-celebrities i would say because like celebrities are definitely tied to like fashion and stuff a lot more so it makes more sense like i think they just do more collaborations and stuff like that but maybe mm -hmm. just like the average like 
<laughs> average billionaire. Uh, that sounds so American and capitalistic. Like the average rich person that's not a billionaire, just maybe a millionaire <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. I would I would say like not that I know any really a lot at all um, at this cur- stage of my career or anything like that. But you know I don't think that's like their focus. I wouldn't say like they're trying to cop all the like luxury items that are dropping so yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind of interesting to see like maybe who really does like the demographic if there was a study done to see like from Louis Vuitton like serving their consumers like what kind of people they are kind of Mm -hmm. income they make in a year Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that yeah it'd be be interesting interesting. to see but I'm sure they would not do that because I don't know it probably feels like shaming people who can't like afford Louis Vuitton and they like go out and purchase it still. I don't know. Yeah. And I guess that's more personal information than you would need just from purchasing it. So it would require like a survey. Yeah. Which yeah, might be dishonest sure. because like they might like say they're in like this bracket of income when they're really not. So all a host of issues. Yeah, definitely. But mm-hmm. like going back to the longevity of our lives <laughs> um, oh, about okay. like ingredients and stuff, like, you know, the things mm-hmm. that you consume, I think that when I study medicine, the more you know, I, I look into different biochemical pathways and stuff like that. And a lot of times when someone gets cancer, the thing that people say, is, or like the thing that doctors say I heard a lot is that, oh, I'm so sorry, like we just don't know why you have this cancer. And I've reflected on that a lot uh, over my life. I know that kind of sounds odd, but just I have. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thinking that like how when someone gets a cancer diagnosis, diagnosis, we just don't know. And that's like the answer. And it's very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it like in a public health standpoint and also just like, I guess, a more health, health and wellness, like a little bit more holistic uh side of things like looking at all the factors i would say that a lot of cancer is definitely attributed to a lot of the chemicals that we use Mm -hmm. of course it's hard to prove because it's not like if someone gets stomach cancer i can't go and trace back every single preservative you've consumed or whatever that maybe have had gird that you know onset in getting cancer no one can Mm -hmm. prove that so i i think it is interesting that we always say we don't know i think we have ideas though in medicine at least from the way i see it I don't know Mm -hmm. how you think, Dolly, but... Mm -hmm. I mean, just from a perspective of like, this is something you're consuming every single day. And imagine if you were consuming canned stuff for 10 years, 20 years every day, then probably will have some kind of long-term consequences, even if you can't pinpoint exactly what that led to. So it sounds like I eat ramen every day or something, but obviously I try to eat things that are not easily microwavable or like frozen food. It just from a perspective of like, if I would just choose something that's like two vegetables, two exact vegetables and one's organic and one's not, then from that point, I would just choose something that's still fresh, but maybe not like two times as expensive. Yeah, I guess, but going back to the cancer thing, sorry to bring it back. I just I do find it kind of interesting as I do think that there are lots of correlations like things that people could potentially minimize to prevent certain things so for example like even if you don't get organic like making sure you really wash your vegetables because there are preservatives on and pesticides on there because that's just 
that's just how farmers farming works in this country and I'm sure in many other countries and if you're not sure you should look it up and I think people should know a little bit more like how farm to table like what actually happens if you can always support local farmers I think that's great a lot of reality is is it's like mass farmers or local farms that ship it out to bigger companies and corporations that you know do spray preservatives and then goes out into the market so it really just education is a huge thing too like knowing that mm. also like food safety you know i think a lot of people don't realize you can't just defrost meat on the counter that's super bad because bacteria can develop like on the top layers bottom might be like solid or frozen but the top is like invested now and that can just increase your chance of like getting food poisoning but not just food poisoning like when you have a bacteria in your body you know you're creating antibodies you're creating like immune cells against that item like that bacteria or whatever and whenever you're like rapidly creating any kind of cell that's always increasing your chance of potential cancer because cancer is basically just mass production of cells so anytime you have like a triggering event that you know starts cascading a bunch of cells like it's just exploding i'm not saying like oh that's going to cause cancer but it's just a slight probability increase in general so like mm -hmm. yeah i think mm -hmm. getting a lot of infections like getting sick all the time it's not helpful for your body because like you have to create all these extra cells to fight it off this is not scientific by the way this is like my theory um <laughs> just so like people don't try to like i don't know cancel me or I say that in every episode. Please take the cancel me out part. Just in case people are trying to get medical advice from this, this is not that. So I'm just literally spewing out my theories. But yeah, back to the like eating thing. Preservatives. I think that, yeah, when you have chemicals, they can distort your cells and then also potentially cause cancer. I think likewise, I was thinking about cleaning products because that's actually something, another thing I personally invest in is I like to get cleaning products that are as clean as possible as in ingredients that are as natural as possible because I don't want weird like toxic chemicals like in my bathroom where you do intimate things like, you know, you go to the, you have to use a toilet, you have to like shower, you're like exposed. And then if the surfaces are covered in like toxins that are supposed to, supposedly supposed to clean the bacteria, but as a flip side are exposing you to bad things, like that's not good either. So it's mm. kind of interesting. Like I don't think people often think too hard about maybe their cleaning products of course, I think a lot of this is changing now with like Instagram and people like just being more aware and there's ads now about like clean, better environmental cleaning products and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. the things that are better for the environment are also better for you as a human being because you are, mm -hmm. you know, you're part of the environment. So I think mm -hmm. that's a that's another avenue that could be worth it because like products like Method, if you guys heard, I don't know a lot. I still have to like research, but that's just one product I know that tends to have shorter like ingredient lists and stuff is is a product that's a lot more expensive than like Clorox. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of interesting to note because, yeah, it's just not as popular because people just want to get like bleach and stuff for cleaning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the thing that comes to mind is Japan, apparently 80,000 octogenarians or something. 
and it's not just like one thing that they do well right they do like clean food like low sodium lots of vegetables and fish and then they also move around a lot i also think just like their lifestyle makes it seem like it's pretty wholesome and not really eating as much fast food or using things that are like really super easy i think in america it's just easier to do things like that where it's like oh i can just buy whatever clean supply there is and not even think about the ingredients so i think just a little bit more intentionality into like everything that we do and not have to obsess over maybe the ingredients but just put like oh like should i do this versus something else that might have like lesser ingredients that i can actually say rather than pretend to say because it's so long i think even if it's something not related because we're like in medicine we always like see something in our topics where we're like connecting it to health so it's just kind of like our second nature to be like okay yeah are expensive things worth it and do they lead to like better health outcomes <laughs> <laughs> better health outcomes that's such a key med student yeah, phrase I know. Um, yeah no I think that what you said Dolly is super important like intentionality in living I think that's such a great lesson in at all sectors of life whether it be your medicine or not like just you know relationships with people like are you being intentional are you being intentional with what you put into your body like from fruits and vegetables to cleaning products like that are on the surfaces I think all those things like it does go a long way because it empowers you as the person using that item to be more educated on whatever xyz topic Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also can help you like live longer if that's a goal for you Um, and if it's not then it can just help you live a more higher quality life that does not involve sickness Mm -hmm. Uh, because i don't think anyone like any sane person really chooses to want to be sick so mm. um even from a common cold to being you know actual bedridden to something really serious like terminal nobody wants mm. that so i think yeah intentionality is a really good phrase to to try and live by like in all mm. aspects and i think that yeah even in spending be intentional are yeah. expensive things worth it definitely (laughs) yeah i mean putting it together it seems like we're saying that when we're thinking about eating food not just from a purely food standpoint but like a health standpoint it's like things can be worth it not just looking at it from a superficial level but like thinking about something deeper of like oh i'm doing this because not only tastes better but it's actually better for my health and better for my body and i'll feel better so i feel like it being worth it question can have multiple layers of meaning and like that's kind of what we sorted out right now yeah i would say so Mm -hmm. i think this is probably one of our longer episodes probably have to keep that that short conclusion that's not so Mm. short but yeah if this is something uh, that interests you please check out our instagram page as always sunday picnic pod to leave us your thoughts i know a lot of my friends have very kindly reached out you know personally Mm. to me but it would also help out if you guys would leave a comment just (laughs) sharing to maybe you know get more discourse out there i know it's uncomfortable but if you feel so compelled we would be very grateful absolutely this concludes our fourth episode thanks for tuning in as always yay Yay. happy sunday if you're listening on sunday as you could tell we always release our episodes on sunday yeah we we pointed that out last time oh I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.